0: Guys, gals, and non binary pals of Audio Podcast Land, and welcome to another episode of Friday Night Fights, a worldwide wrestling actual play podcast. It has been a little bit, but we're glad to be back. My name is Mikey, and I am the creative, aka the game master, for this amazing game. You can follow me on my personal social medias at Pop Culture Geek, or you can follow us collectively at DD Vibe Tribe Productions. Make sure to give us a follow to stay up to date on all the actual play podcasts and pop culture podcasts that we got going on. There's a little bit of something for everyone, so make sure to check us out. As always, I am joined by my amazing roster of wrestlers that bring this amazing story to life. So we're going to go around, do some introductions. They'll plug any socials and other projects they got going on, as well as telling us who they are playing tonight in Friday Night Fights. So eeny, meeny, miny, Mo, to start us off tonight. Echo, you shall be the first to go.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Echo. Just listen to all of i Productions, please. I thank you if you do. We're all good here. Yeah, that's about it. I will be playing John the Manager. Everyone hates me, but yet everyone loves me. Because I'm so hateable. And I believe I don't have any projects to sponsor. I have not got any messages to yet, so I pass it on. Alright, next person to give their
0: introduction
2: is going to be Minnie. So, guys, I'm MiniMonster218, catch me on all the same things on all, bits and all socials. The reigning, the fan, IAW Tag Team Champions, Axel, part of the Cole Club. That's right, check us out. Top tag team, you're the best. Alright, let's also check me out on the Vibe Tribe on the Academy, where I play with as Mr. Ashmi. I'll check that out on the Alternative Tuesdays of this game.
0: Next person is going to be Chris.
3: Hello, this is Chris, also known as Riku. You can find me on the social medias as Pup Riku or Puppy Riku, depending on what you're going on. I'll probably pop up for either projects I got going on. I am also, you can find me here on the Academy as your lovely DM, as well as Furusato as Kaito Shiba. But tonight I am playing your provocateur, the reigning same Asylum Wrestling Bedlam Break champion, the Umbral Talon. Also known as Umbra. Awesome. And of
0: course, last but certainly not least, we have Adolfo.
3: Saludos,
4: programas and welcome. It is great to be back after a little bit of hiatus. I am Adolfo, the Nerdy Puerto Rican. You can catch me on my socials on Instagram and on the TikToks at the Nerdy Puerto Rican. I also have a little bit of a podcast called the Nerdy Puerto Rican. Four episodes are up. Episode five is coming. It is coming. I promise it's coming. Other things going on? I just finished a long stint, but I will be performing with Lord's Adventure at the North Dakota Renaissance Fair. First year of the North Dakota Renaissance Fair, so if you are in that area, come check us out. I do play on other games here at the DD Vibe Drive. I play as Shodai over in Furosato. I play as Dab- Dabney over on the Academy, but here tonight... Oh, yeah. I play Super busy I Yeah,
5: I have missed that so much. <laughs> Ladies
0: and gentlemen, we at the Vibe Tribe, we support our homies and we don't take them for granted because I have missed that so much. It's good to be back. Unfortunately, we are down a to player tonight. The lovely John Crossway, who plays the other half of your reigning and defending IAW tag team champs, Bjorn Kringleson the slightly erotic Viking Santa, as we have dubbed to nickname him. You can follow him on his personal social medias at TikTok at John Crossway. He's an amazing storyteller. He also is a voice actor. He actually has a project on Netflix, Go Go Toy Carson. Make sure to go check that out. And you might hear our lovely B Horn do some voiceover work in that, but make sure to go support that. But with introductions out of the way, let's jump into tonight's episode proper we're going to do something a little different it's been a while so let's recap what happened last time so last time on friday night fights we have been building towards the second pay-per-view for iaw the resurrection pay-per-view so this is going to be a great time umbra is having a little bit of a issue it seems that for some reason the bayou brotherhood doesn't necessarily like him and last time he got jumped in the locker room but he was Valiantly trying to defend himself, but obviously the numbers game was too much until the odds got even in when an unsuspecting ally showed up in the form of Kid Cuts, who helped Umbra defend against the Bayou Brotherhood and their minions. So we'll see what happens with that. In the tag team scene, there was a brief match that happened with our course, our tag team champions squashing. The makeshift tag team of what was left of the Sakura Bombs and Team Surf and Turf as the other half of their teams were somewhere in a box somewhere due to the Boxing Day matches, which was the bane of my existence. (laughs) But... Bjorn surprised everyone with the return of the Sakura Bombs being back as a full team and gave them the power to see if they were going to reunite Team Surf and Turf. We'll resolve that in a little bit. And then, of course, in the main IAW championship scene, Macho Mage successfully defended his title against Louisiana Man in probably one of their more spookier matches. But yeah, successful title defense. But it seems that GM Stonebrook wants to speak with him. And that is what happened last time. So now that we're caught up, let us get into tonight proper. So once again, hailing from a warehouse down the street from your house, coming to you live from in your house somewhere. I don't know. We still haven't decided a location, but just use your imagination, ladies and gentlemen. The IAW crowd begins to fill into their seats. And after some momentary couple minutes pass by, the crowd is just chatting amongst themselves. The lights go dim and the arena goes dark as the audience begins to cheer into anticipation. And slowly the crescendo of the IAW theme song begins to play. And as usual, upon the Titan Tron, where the Trauma Bay doors are at, just plays the intro bumpers for the Insane Asylum Wrestling Federation. So, of course, just some highlights we begin to appear of all the roster doing some amazing things. The crowd is just losing their minds. Everything is just going off. The camera is going to zoom from the arena as this is all going on. And the camera kind of goes back through. It crashes through the backstage area where a bunch of the wrestlers are hanging out, some in catering, some are getting ready for their matches for tonight. But as the camera zooms past our roster, we once again find ourselves in front of GM Stonebrook's office. So as the camera kind of zooms in and gets a full screenshot of that. We find ourselves panning there for a little bit. And as the camera zooms out of the doorway for GM Stonebrook, outside waiting in the hallway is our current IAW World Heavyweight Champion, Macho Mage. So Macho Mage, you find yourself outside of uh, GM Stonebrook's office. It's a lovely mahogany door, just as FYI. But you find yourself outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. The
4: mahogany. Oh, yeah.
5: Spending no expense on the mahogany.
4: Oh, yeah. That's right. So the Macho Mage will, will knock
0: on the door. Okay, so as you knock on the door from the other side, you hear just in the most twangy voice as possible.
4: Yes, come on in. As he enters, the Macho Mage will be like, and the Macho Mage makes his entrance. Yeah, and as soon as he walks in and closes the door, he takes his glass off. He's, I'm at Stonebrook,
0: how are you? <laughs> yes, I forgot about this. So yeah, as you close the door, GM Stonebrook just looks at you. Ah, yes. Why don't you have a seat, hun? much in the, sense, and, okay. and how's, how are the kids doing? Oh, they are doing very well. And in fact, as she looks at the multitude of pictures of her family on her desk. Yeah, little Sarah over here, she's about ooh, she's going to be a senior in high school this year.
5: Oh, is she? <sighs> oh, that's a May Oh, time flies. Make sure you take lots of pictures. That's what you got to do. Tell her I say oh. hi. Oh, of course.
0: And we still have a long ways to go hon, But you're definitely you and the roster are definitely invited to her graduation because I know y'all have played an important part in her life.
5: Oh, just I remember when she was seven years old and I taught her how to do the crab, the reverse crab lock. Oh, that was great. Good times. Good times.
0: Oh, my goodness. Good times indeed. And then, of course, my youngest, Connor, he's about to start He's about to start middle school this upcoming fall.
5: Oh, wow. Middle school. I remember when he was headbutting everything that ducked past him.
0: Yeah, I'm glad it was just a phase because he's full of energy. And of course, I'm excited to see what they do. If they want to be a part of the business, I would more than happy to do. But of course, whatever it is that they want to do, they have my blessing and support. And I know they have the support of. All the IAW roster, since you pretty much all played in a part of being a part of the lives.
5: Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Family's at the core of the IAW, so.
0: And for a moment, GM Stoneberg just gets lost in reminiscence, and then she just snaps out of it. No, the kids are doing fine. I think we should probably get down to business. So there's a reason I called you into the office today. And she just folds her hands neatly on the mahogany desk, and just says, first and foremost, let me congratulate you on a successful title defense last week. I wasn't expecting you. you. I wasn't expecting you and Louisiana Man to have such a good match, but it was one of the highlights of last week.
5: I'll tell you what, he's got that whole Bayou Brotherhood. That's some good talent right there.
0: Oh, for sure. I'll be honest, I was a little hesitant when he came to me with the idea of what he wanted to do. But I figured if people have a creative idea they want to try out, might as well just give them a chance to do it. By George. Has it worked out so well for us? So first and foremost, once again, congratulations on the title defense. But that's also why I called you into the office. I wanted to let you know. So as you are aware, in the next couple of weeks, we have our next pay-per-view, which is the Resurrection pay-per-view. So it's the next stop before our big show down the line of Armageddon. And I actually wanted to talk to you about your opponent for the Resurrection pay-per-view.
5: Okay. Who do you have in mind? Uh, it's got to be someone good. We uh, want to set up Armageddon, so... Oh, for sure. And I think based
0: on records and things like that, I think I have the perfect person to take you into Resurrection and to give you a good feud. And as she says that behind you, Macho H, you hear another knock at the door and GM Stonebrook says, ah, I believe that is him right now. Ah, come on in. And as the door opens, so you all of you at some point have seen the roster in their full gear, like when they're in character, but you guys also have seen them when they get there before the show starts and like in their regular quote-unquote, civilian clothes as the show ends every taping. And so, in walking to the office is a very tall, very built kind of African-American gentleman. He's wearing a nice kind of, like, turtleneck, like, gray turtleneck uh, sweater, wearing some black jeans and some Converse sneakers. And he has these... Really nice looking, clear Ray-Ban glasses. Macho Mage, you recognize this. The actual stage name, we don't refer to this to be Elk when he's in his civilian clothes. Oh, okay. So Elk just walks in. GM Stonebrook, you
4: wanted to see me?
0: Yes. Go ahead and have a seat. And
4: Uh, as- uh, Macho uh, Mage will, of course, stand up. And if you don't, if you don't mind, he'll be like, can't
0: complain. Everything has been quite well, actually. Oh, yeah. congratulations on your t- title defense last week. That was some good stuff.
5: Thank you. Thank you. I love the whole mask thing you have going now. It's really creepy. It's a good it's a good look. Oy.
0: I'm glad it's getting over very well. I wasn't too sure about it when I presented the idea, but I'm glad that it's taken off and it has actually caused some very interesting, fun moments within the last couple of weeks, given a certain manager.
4: <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah. and Macho Mage kinda of look in the distance. And then he'll look back and be like, So, let's talk brass tacks and knuckles here.
5: Miss Stonebrook, what did what were you gonna say? Well then,
0: Macho Mage, like I told you, I have your opponent for resurrection and based on the records and basically everything that it has, I wanted to let both of that you two will be the main event of resurrection. For the IAW Championships of Macho Mage, you will defend your championship against Elk in the uh, at the pay per view. Now, granted that, okay. Now, of course, and GM Stumberg turns to Elk. That is, of course, if you can keep your winning streak intact. And she looks at her paper because you and another wrestler are very close in the records, and uh, one win and one loss could. Change the main event and Elk just looks over at GM Stonebrook. Is it who I think it is, ma'am? And GM Stonebrook just looks at both of you. Yes, despite losing last week, Elk, if you can continue to keep your record intact, should you lose by any means, whether it's a clean loss, a DQ finish, whatever it is,
4: Louisiana man will take your place in the pay per view. Macho Major will sit, will sit back and he'll put his finger on his chin and he'll just, he'll nod. And he'll look over to Elkin and- Coming up between now and Resurrection. I don't
0: necessarily have any plans per se. Uh, actually, that's why I also was called to the office. Uh, Miss Stoneberger, you said that you had a match for me next week? Oh, yeah, of course I do. And she says- Look, and that's why I called both of you here. We've been struggling to get the ratings up a little bit, so we're going to do something a little spicy. And she looks at Elk. Now, I want to make a disclaimer that when I say your record is clean, it's a very loose term. Because we tried to keep winning losses recorded, but uh, we make some room for a margin of error depending on how things are going. So, in order to hype up this build and to continue the storyline that we have planned, Macho Mage, you will defend your title next week against Elk here in for the IAW Championship, match.
5: Oh, okay. Wow, all right, that's okay, okay.
4: He'll look over at Elk and he'll be like, how do you feel about that?
0: And Elk is, you can see that he's a little nervous, but he is grateful. Just, first and foremost, let me just say I'm very grateful for the opportunity. I have, if you're okay with it, Macho Mage, I would love to have this championship match with you. I've never gotten a chance to wrestle you in with a high stakes like this before, so it will be, oh. it will be an honor to learn from the Master. <laughs>
5: Oh, without a doubt, uh, no, I'm just, I'll tell you what, it's you younger guys that are keeping us older guys on our toes because the, you guys just keep coming up with stuff and we have to either adapt or fall behind, as they say.
0: And so Elk just turns, gives you a approving nod, turns to Miss GM Stonebrook. Then, by all means, then I guess we have our match set for next week. And GM Stonebrook just lent lint. So that is for next week, and I look forward to seeing what's gonna go down. Both of you, just make sure that you prepare. But next week is going to be a knocker, and I cannot wait. Yeah,
5: yeah, I- I'm really excited.
0: Now, why don't we discuss everything leading into the pay per view? So at this point, you and Elk with GM Stonebrook are in the office as the camera kind of pans out, and the door cinematically closes as. The office door once again is closed, and the camera goes back through the backstage area of the IAW locker room. And it continues to go past a lot of the wrestlers getting ready. Some of them are coming through the trauma bay doors after their matches happen. Some are getting ready to go on. But we find ourselves at this backstage setup area with a monitor and a backdrop with some stage lighting. And then you just see once again Quinn McKinsley dressed in her suspenders and like very like round glasses with her little bow tie. So she is of course the I.E.W. backstage correspondent giving the backstage interview, and be as the camera kind of stops there, it pans on Quinn McKinsley and just like jumping into the regular show, ladies and gentlemen. At this time, with me is. The one half of the reigning and defending IAW Tag Team Championship, Matt, Axel, as Axel, you walk into frame. I'm a little tall. And the cameraman oh, sorry, and just zooms up, trying to get both you and tiny little Quinn in the same shot. So, Axel, last week, your tag team partner, Bjorn, had... An interesting thing happened at the end. Not only did he reunite the Sakura Bombs, but he gave them the choice to see if he would reunite Wade Water with his tag team partner Tommy Tsunami. Tell me, what do you think at this turn of events, and how are you feeling about the whole situation?
2: I say, man, it all equal. But to look at, if you look at those tag team, those two pathetic tag teams that they're do wrong statement is not true. See, normally if you go an attack team match, it's 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak. We both are. See, now you only got a 25% chance at best of beating us. Then if you add your tag team partner to the mix, chances of winning go drastically go down. See, whatever attack team match they got in next, you got a 33-1-3rd chance of winning. But like Bjorn got a 66-2-3rd chance of winning. Because... They know they can't beat me, and he's not even. Go- they're not even going to try. So to the Sakura bombs, we got a thirty-three and one third chance, minus my twenty-five percent chance, and we got an eight-one-third chance of winning at the next in our next match. So that leaves me a seventy-five percent chance of winning. i broke. I'm welcome, sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I'm like I'm getting flashbacks of the from TNA the Scott Steiner. Oh my
2: goodness! I was reading it
0: oh my gosh sorry hold up i gotta collect myself
2: <laughs> so that's exactly what i think about adding that tag team to this mix so you lower lowers their chance oh
0: my god okay so here's what i'm gonna have you do because that was so I the entire
2: time man because you can't count the four
0: <laughs> okay here's what i want you to do so you're cutting a promo so i'm actually gonna have you roll look to see how well you do with this promo
1: there, there is no help from the manager. No one talks to him about how you should do this better. Apparently,
2: I have a minus two to look and I rolled a ten. So that is a
1: eight.
0: All right. So that is a success with a successful promo cut. Oh, my gosh. Again, I'm getting a Scott Steiner promo from TNA. And his, his,
2: Wait, for this is a long time. Listen, since we started, you know, when I first moved my character, I said I'm basing my character off.
0: It is so good. I love it. But okay, so with an eight. So your promo, while it is was a little sporadic and some of the audience at home and in the arena, some of them are a little confused, but others are like, you know what, for some reason, like that was a lot all at once. But I understand where he's coming from. That makes complete sense. Honestly, that's how most wrestling promos go. Be like. I don't quite 100% understand, but I get the vibe of what he's going for. So, you, so with this promo, actually, I'm going to intervene here with this one since you were successful. So, you, as you mentioned the of Bombs and you finish your promo, so what's going to happen is I'm going to give you a plus... I'm going to give you a plus one momentum okay. <laughs> just because you cut it an awesome promo. But... As you finish this promo and you mentioned the other tag teams walking into frame, coming from the right side, you have the soccer bombs and coming from the left side. For the first time, you see the reunited team of Team Surf and Turf. So the soccer bombs at the end of the last episode got to make that decision. Just a behind the screen thing. I rolled the dice to see what whether they would or not. And they, they rolled to reunite the tag teams. So both the tag teams are coming in. So the soccer bombs and Team Surf and Turf are just looking at you, Bjorn. And the soccer bombs finally break the science. I heard that we don't stand a chance against you and Bjorn. As the soccer bombs are like, genetic freaks, you may be. So that explains the lack of intelligence but we'll get into that a little bit later
2: the two syllables what did you
0: say mm, my point exactly you're not, you're not the brains Just what? I don't
1: need brains well I got muscles like
0: I'm just imagining you holding like both of the tag titles when you're doing that
1: yeah I don't think he needs brains to beat you two I'm not gonna <laughs> lie
0: as John the manager like comes out of the
1: shadow be like oh when'd you get here I'm on the hunt I have not seen one person. I do not like the site. I have not seen this one person. I do not like what's going to happen.
0: Hmm. Okay. Anyways, as the soccer bombs turn to you, Bjorn,
1: Shadows, I go
0: (laughs) back into the shadows. Despite all that, you're very lucky, Bjorn, because only one of us is in good working condition. The other one has been deprived of food, light and water for a little bit. And it's going to take some time to get her back to full strength.
2: But he's probably
0: he's probably putting someone on the naughty and nice list right now. (laughs) Yes. Maybe he's dropping his sack somewhere. Anyways, so unfortunately, due to management's advisement, we are not able to challenge you for the tag titles. But I promise you this, Bjorn, when we are back at 100 percent. Hold on, hold on. Axel, sorry. There we go. Say the right name. You're talking to Big Axel. You're both meatheads, so you blend in the same. Mm, That is true. (laughs) Best you believe, Axel, that when we're 100 percent, you and Bjorn better be ready because we're coming for our titles. And we're going to give you one hell of a run for your money. But I believe someone else has some words with for you and Bjorn. And as soccer bombs just stand off more to the side, Team Surf and Turf kind of step up to you, Axel. So, given to the way, and this is Tommy Tsunami speaking, so given the way, bruh, that the rankings have worked, we are at the top of the tag team, so... As decreed by GM Stonebrook, you and Bjorn will be facing us for the tag titles at Resurrection.
2: I'm going to look to the girl giving me the interviews.
0: We're there again. As Quinn was just like. Now, here's the funny. Here's a fun little quirk about Quinn. So she has this man. This is going to sound make me sound old, but she has a little portable Rolodex of flashcards. That she takes out of her pocket and pulls it out. So think of this as like the equivalent of like baseball cards, with the exception of it has all the IAW roster and her little Rolodex of flashcards, as well as like their stats and who they are and their accolades and all that. She's oh, hang on, let me get my little Rolodex for you, Axel, because I know you're a visual learner. Let me see. Ah, here we go. And she on her tippy toes stands up to show you. A picture of Team Surf and Turf's card. This is Team Surf and Turf. They are made up of Tommy Tsunami and Wade Water. And they, according to the IAW rankings, they are the number one contenders for the tag team titles, which means that what they're telling you is true. So you will be facing you and Bjorn will be facing them at the pay-per-view as she's still showing you like a picture of them. And then as you look to the side, you see them in the flesh and then on the card.
2: I don't even need Bo to take these two pipsqueaks on. Spicy. I want to charge you to a match right now. I'll pick my own tag team partner. In fact, he's right here on the pickup board. We'll take you. To- <laughs> <laughs> so, as
0: Team Surf for Turf and you and Blitzing get closer to come to blows, you just see magically G- General GM Stonebricks. Well well, he- <laughs> well, well, he's now player. <laughs> Not just kidding. I should have created a Teddy Long character, but that's fine. GM Stonebrook's is now, boys. While I'm all for propensity and violence, we have a full show tonight. However, you will get your match, Axel. You and Blitzen here will take on Team Surf and Turf next week in a non-title match. So y'all can work out this aggression and please don't try to kill each other. We're already down a couple of tag teams. I need you to make sure that y'all are in working order for the pay-per-view because then it's going to make booking a lot more difficult.
2: I promise I won't hurt them, but that's
0: fine. That's- GM, GM Stonebrook just pats you as is just like, that'll do, pig. That'll do.
1: Sorry, I've tried my best to make cat noises.
0: <laughs> You're good. It, I love it. It adds to the ambiance. It's great. Alrighty. So looks like we have our match set up for next week. So the camera now is going to cut <laughs> to the locker room area where we find our bedlam break champion, the Umbral Talon, aka Umbra, getting ready for his match. Umbra, as you're getting ready, you have you hear a knock at
3: the door. I look back to the door and I'm like, one moment, please. And I look over and I still see the bat. What's her face is bat that we haven't seen in so long. And I go ahead and grab it. And I basically go by the door frame holding the bat. And I go, all right, come in. I'm decent now. <laughs> and i'm just bracing for whoever walks in that door if it's who i think who i hope it's not
0: <laughs> who you the bat's the gonna swing. To
3: yeah
0: <laughs> okay so as the door opens and walking through you see the familiar sight of these large like raver pants and a tank top with some glow sticks adorned to it and as you swing the back kid cuts just ducks whoa easy there i was like As he just, he, like, goes into, like, crouches down as the bat misses him and it swings into the blocker side.
3: Oh! Oh! I'm sorry, kid. I, after last week, I'm taking extra precautions. So, announce who you are when you do that, please, so I don't accidentally slam this into your head.
0: Duly noted, I'll make sure that I don't... Get a concussion out of this later, but it's understandable. So anyways, I just wanted to see how you were feeling and how you're doing after last week, which was a lot.
3: Yeah. And for the record, when Umbra was standing there, it wasn't like a scared bracing. It was a I'm going to get you.
0: Oh, no, <laughs> I understood bracing. that. I'm sensing some kick cuts. It's like I'm sensing some hostility, but it's understandable.
3: Oh, I'm angry. I hate cheap shots like that. So, I, like, ugh. And I'm gonna tell him about what happened in the boiler room and how Louisiana man approached me about making a deal and how I basically turned him down and just give highlights. So I guess he was really serious about that happening, about facing me for the Bedlam Break title.
0: Well... First and foremost, you dodged a bullet by not agreeing to with Louisiana Man. He's uh, very shady, and I'm new here, but even I've heard of his reputation. You never want to make uh, deals with the devil. But uh-
3: I gave him a... I gave him a kind of a counter offer, And I look down at the bat, and I'm just like, my real target is Tana. But that f- Santa fuck decided to... Lock her away. So now I'm just waiting. If he would have freed her so I could face her in the bedlam in a bedlam match and kick her fucking ass for all she did to my friends, I probably would have taken the deal. but that wasn't gonna happen.
0: Again, I'm sensing some hostility and some anger, which is valid.
3: What do you when somebody attempts to rip out your friend's arm? live in front of an audience. Yeah, there's going to be some hostility.
0: Oh, no, I'm not saying that you're wrong in the situations. Just be careful because and he looks around. I was just like, she may not be here, but this was where she started. And if you continue down this path, I don't know if I personally would like to handle Tana 2.0.
3: As he looks around, he could see some of the lockers are dented in clearly. Umber has been getting some rage out. And he looks around, and it's, ah. But I think she needs a little balance, don't you think? As he gives a smirk. Again, I can
0: see that. And eventually, when she comes back, you guys can handle that. But that's for a later time. I just wanted to see how you were, and also to make sure that... The Bayou Brotherhood wasn't around causing some trouble before your match, because I know you're facing against Harl tonight in the main event. So I just stopped by to make sure to even the numbers.
3: <laughs> oh, Harl. have I faced him? <laughs> nah, but uh, no, I think I'll be fine. If you want to come down to the ring and cheer me on, you're more than welcome to. I don't know about that. I got to keep out for that manager, folks. I told them not to interrupt and I caught him so I can use some extra eyes.
0: Yeah, I'm not doing anything, so I can definitely come out there, which actually leads me to my next thing. I think we should probably get going because this match that's going on right now is ending soon.
3: Yeah, I guess we should. And I looked down at the bat again as like, should I bring this with me? And second question: Should I wrap it in barbed wire? <laughs> He's. This is him basically starting to really shift into that hardcore mode. Like he broke. I don't
0: think we have enough time to wrap it in some barbed wire.
1: Also, <laughs> oh, barbed wire is too expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be like, who said I, that?
1: <laughs> I did. I still have to pay for that orchestra. That is
3: not cheap. I'll just steal it off the fences here. Don't worry about it.
1: Oh, no. No, if you're going to barbed wire a bat, you buy premium barbed wire. I've learned this from a friend. You don't just take it from a fence, that stuff will just fall off. You buy it from an actual store, and then you embed it into the bat.
3: Start sinking this Send me a couple quotes. And oh. he, the kid cuts and just goes,
0: Huh, let's go. And both of you head out. So, You guys make your way to gorilla position, which is the term backstage, like right near the entry curtain that people go out of in backstage areas. So you're in gorilla position and the camera cuts back through gorilla position, back into the middle of the IAW arena inside the ring. Once again is our lovely ring announcer, Terry Delant, this time wearing a very nice kind of sporty look. She's got like, a pink letterman's jacket with some pink like track pants and some van, like black and white checkered vans going on in her nice, like little (laughs) Afro curls. She's like giving you like 2000, like she's giving you like 2005, like MTV realness. (laughs) Like she looks like she's about to be on TRL. (laughs) And she's got her big old gold hoop earrings chewing some bubblegum and popping it. <laughs> and of course, with the microphone, she's a following contest is scheduled for one fall or until TV time remains. This is your main event for IAW. And as she does, is making his way to the ring all the way from Potts unknown in Louisiana. Harold Echo. I'm going to have you describe Harl's entrance, since his Bayou Brotherhood kind of follows under your jurisdiction. So what does the entry look like for Harl?
1: I was not expecting this. Sorry, people.
0: Welcome to my world.
1: (laughs) I'm going to be using Cedar Point here. Sorry, people. Harl comes into the ring, carrying a giant catfish. With actual legs. Just. It's already gutted. And he just comes in. It just flings it like it's a bat. And the catfish is still alive.
0: That's disturbing.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm
0: assuming the grass.
1: Is the grass man
0: coming out too?
1: No. No one has seen the grass man this entire day.
0: Oh, that doesn't bode well. Anywho. So. Once again, standing at a good six foot three is this bald head looking man dressed in like the very like all black leather ensemble, a biker's vest and some biker pants. And on the back of the biker's vest says the Bayou Brotherhood as he makes his way down to the ring. And of course, he doesn't step through the ropes. He just takes one foot and walks like swings it over the top rope and just makes it get into the ring the iaw audience is just so hardcore and as he kind of settles into the ring making his way to the ring now your current Bedlam break champion accompanied by kid cuts the umbral talent so chris why don't you give us a description of what your entrance looks like
3: as the lights start going dark and the highlight reel begins to play, coming out to some really, a lot heavier metal music than earlier. It gets heavier and heavier every time he gets out. It's, I am, it is clear something is wrong in his head. And as he comes out, he has the bat on his shoulder, goes ahead, and he walks up to the front, looks to his left, looks to his front, He looks to the right. And then he does his usual on the drop drops into his into the split. But this time when he hits the ground, he's also flipping off Harl at the same time. So like, as soon as he hits, he's just bam. And then, he, and the fire, the pyrotechnics go off. The moment he hits the ground, he comes back up, not even touching the ground and then begins walking to enter the ring. And he Dang. does leave the bat outside. He actually hands the bat to Kid Cuts as he goes and enters the ring.
0: So Kid Cuts finds his way kind of like to the opposite corner of the ring <laughs> as he's just wa- looking at everything. So both of you, for the sake of it. So IAW rules this is that both you and Harl shake hands before the match begins. And then, ding, 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 Umbra, you will start in control of this match. So, how would you like to start?
3: Ooh, not the first time I took on a big man. Giggity. <laughs> like compared to compared to Elk, how tall?
0: So Elk is a good six foot. This is, man is a good six three. So he's only a couple inches taller. But even still,
3: okay. Um, I am going to as I'm circling him. I am gonna. I'm gonna lock up with him, and while locked up with him, I am gonna to try to give him a couple of knees to the gut.
0: Ooh, okay. So you're gonna give him a couple of knees to the gut. So you do, and you're just like,
3: uh, and you just
0: hear the uh, with each strike. So as you take your knee and you're coming up for another strike, he is going to grab. He's gonna put his hand. Harold's gonna put his hand in front to block the knee strike and then as soon as it makes impact he's going to actually take your knee and take the leg and kind of grab you and twist you onto your belly and he's gonna try and he's gonna put you in an ankle lock
3: so as he goes to twist me i'm gonna try to i'm gonna notice what he's trying to do to try to turn me over but as he tries to turn me over i am gonna take my other free leg to basically roundhouse kick him as he's trying to turn me over.
0: Sweet. So you're going to try to... So you do the forward momentum and you roundhouse kick him, but given the trajectory of where it is, you hit the side of, like, in between, on the side of the neck. Not quite near the head, but enough force to kick him where he releases you from the ankle lock to tend to his soreness. So as you're on the floor and he realizes... What has happened? He is going to run to the rope. And he's going to use the forward momentum. And he's just going to just attempt to have while you're still on the floor to try to give you a massive leg drop. Big boy, um, going will try to sit on you. <laughs> so this is your big moment. So here's the f- first spot. So what would you like to do as he's going to come with his leg drop?
3: He's coming in with a leg drop. Um, Out of the way in time for me to catch his leg. To basically put him into a leg lock.
0: Ooh, okay. so you're going to use your physical prowess, so go ahead and roll body for me.
3: All right. Oof, that will be a five five.
0: (laughs) No, that is a five. You do. you do have momentum, should you wish to use it. Oh, remember, everyone gets one at the beginning of each quote unquote episode. And then whatever you have as well.
3: Oh, I actually start with two for having such a lot of audience. So I have. you know what? I'm going to use both of my momentum to bring it up to a seven.
0: OK, so that is a soft success. So the move is successful. So as he as Harl is coming towards you with this leg drop you by the slim margin of error you almost get caught with the leg drop but you're able to roll out of the way by the skin of your teeth and as haro's leg makes contact with the mat you quickly get to your feet grab his ankle turn him over and allah Pretty much Kurt Angle put him in an ankle lock. So, on that seven, you have two choices. You can you can keep going with the match in the sense that you can continue to be in control of the match. Or, you can give it over to Harl, and as a result, you get plus one momentum. Okay? So, now he starts in control So now he's in control. So as you are holding him in this ankle lock, Harl is going to with. So he's currently like stomach first onto the mat. So he's actually going to flip over. And with his free leg, he's actually going to kick you square in the chest to knock you back a little bit, which results in you letting go. So, he kicks you a good little bit of distance. So, he's still on the floor as he frees himself. So, what is your response to being kicked in the chest?
3: I am going to... He kicks me in the chest to get me off of him. I'm going to stand up, throw myself into the rope for some momentum, and I'm going to end up doing a... Basically a somersault into a leg drop. A running somersault into a leg drop onto him. Sweet. Okay, so
0: as you do that, you're coming up and into a leg drop. You're just like, that athleticism. Did he He just do a bear dominator? Uh, Yep, he did.
3: (laughs) He's an acrobat! What do you expect?
2: (laughs) You was a fucking love that move. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness, but yeah, so you just... so you're able to get him and it makes contact. So Haro gets knocked a little bit back. And as a response to getting that, so with the leg drop, you're I would say that Umbra is currently on the floor, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yes, no. So now yeah. he's mad, so he's just gonna literally come in and he's just gonna As you're sitting, he's going to grab you, pick you up, and attempt to give you a power
1: bomb. Ooh, okay. So he's uh- probably. I would like to interrupt. Okay, so you spend
0: a point of momentum to interrupt. In the,
1: ra- in the rafters, <laughs> we finally see the one no one has seen. The grass with the T-shirt sniper rifle. Does it have
0: a sight on it now?
1: <laughs> yes, this gun has been used <laughs> once already. and it And the plan has gone great successfully. Time to keep the deceit going as he aims at Harl and fires.
0: Okay, John, here's what I want you to do. So, because you're literally (laughs) shooting him with a t-shirt cannon. Uh, Let me see.
3: (laughs) I'm loving Adolfo's face right now. (laughs) Let it play. Trust me. Trust us. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, this is, they talked about it, but whore So the rule of cool, we're gonna let's see. So it's not necessarily body per se. I'm gonna, in a weird way, I'm gonna say that. You know what? This is telling a good story, so I'm gonna have you roll work.
1: Oh work! Oh,
0: because work. we're trying to make
1: the storyline interesting.
0: Work. work. In the word of Britney Spears, you better work, chick. <laughs> uh,
1: I wish this was real or something, but work. Ugh. The one thing I'm bad at.
0: Ugh. Listen, I said you could do it. I didn't say I was going to hand it to you on a silver platter. The dice gods might have <laughs> to make you turn it.
1: That's a ten. Hell yeah. The plan is coming together, folks.
0: So you know what? I'm gonna let you narrate it. So narrate how this t-shirt cannon goes from rafter to
1: Harl. <laughs> this the grassman shoots the cannon, the makeshift sniper rifle now straight into Harl's chest to put, to, to keep the descent going. As I'm going, as the bullet flies, it, get, it gets closer and closer. The second momentum will be used now to interrupt the shot. Yes! <laughs> John jumps in front of the sniper t-shirt cannon <laughs> and falls into the ring just when you get hit very hard, you're just out of breath. That's what happens.
0: Well, Adolfo will address it at the end of the episode. Just let it play out. I promise.
3: <laughs> All right.
0: I must say this is better storytelling than what WWE is doing. <laughs> I
1: said it. And as, we, and as I've said, John and Grassley are two different people. There has been several incidents of them actually talking to each other.
0: Oh, my goodness. OK, so. Here's what I'm going to have you do. I want to see how successful John is in defense and like taking literally the t-shirt, the t-shirt
1: bullet per se. I was going to say this. How about instead of me rolling anything? I take two injury.
0: I'm going to say one injury because two injury is a little Uh, excesses for a t-shirt cannon, because uh, if you get three injuries in this game, that's not good. And uh, you uh, actually uh, have to take time to rehabilitate. So we'll say one. I I'll say actually, there's a couple of broken teeth in the process. <laughs> Listen, if being we established this last time, being hit with a T-shirt cannon at hurts. a close range can
1: hurt. And this is a sniper rifle, not your old ordinary T-shirt cannon.
0: <laughs> See, we have fun here on this podcast. But yeah, so as Grassman fires the T-shirt cannon, manager John just like slow-mo <laughs> as he jumps in front of the shot out of nowhere and like, full on face assault, just his head knocks back in slow motion as the t shirt makes contact. You do sustain an injury because do you have a little bit of whiplash? And
1: there's a couple yeah, of teeth
0: that uh, got, got knocked out as well behind the mask. Like, yeah, this. That,
1: yeah, that mask just hurts.
0: You wow. just see blood streaming from the lower portion as blood begins to drip down your neck manager john as you lay on the floor. Though I will say, Harl, like, still holding you up, Umbra just takes a look and just mouths like he breaks Cave a little bit and just looks at you in this powerbomb position. He's, what the fuck?
3: <laughs> and so that catches my attention of what just happened. And I'm like, that it. I, and I look down to Harl, I'm just, what do we
0: do? I got you. It's just follow my lead. Put your, and he kind of whispers to you as a spot. He's put your legs around my neck.
3: Oh, I gotcha. Okay. And so I'm going to go ahead and lock my legs around his neck and attempt to swing my body around him to do. I forgot the name of the move, but whatever move I did last time.
0: (laughs) So there's a couple of options. You can do a head scissors, which is just basically like you take. You put your hands on the ground and using your momentum with the legs, you just flip them over across the ring. I'm also thinking in a weird way, I'm also thinking of a reverse Canadian destroyer, but that requires a lot of forward
3: momentum. So which I don't have.
0: No, so so I'll say like
3: a head scissors kind of thing. Yep. So I'm going to with Umbra as he goes to bring me down. I think Umbra is going to go reach for the ground to basically hit handstand and use the momentum to throw him over. I'm also going to say that Umbra stays in that ha- handstand position afterward. Okay,
0: so I'm going to have you roll body for this.
3: <laughs> oh, great. Okay.
0: Again, I want before, this to happen. An but-
3: acro- yeah, for an acrobat, having a minus one body is weird.
0: <laughs> Listen, it is fine. <laughs> Alright,
3: here we go. I'm going to use my momentum again, and that will be a so oh, that will still be a six, though. So without the momentum, it's a five. No, you botched it, bro. Yeah, he oh, falls bo- on top of me. <laughs> he doesn't. The momentum doesn't work and he like body f- flops on top of me. OK, this is what I'm
0: imagining. <laughs> OK, so I got the perfect thing real quick. OK, so here's what happens. So as you are attempting to go for this head scissors, as you're going for this head scissors, You're able to, with the forward momentum, you're able to get into where you need be. But as you're coming closer to the mat to put your hand down to stable yourself in order to use the head scissors and throw Harl over your shoulder, your right hand is able to make contact with the mat. But as your left hand comes down, you feel the T-shirt from the cannon just like underneath your hand and because it is still like in this crumpled burrito form like it slips across (laughs) it makes your left hand slip and so because you slipped the head scissors just botched you're still able to flip Harl but instead of flipping him over you he lands straight on top of you fuck and so you're just like underneath as Harl's like laying on top of you the ref comes over it's like one two Kick out at two and a half, so Umbra, you're still
3: able to. I kick out of this large man in front of me. Umbra's gonna stand up and just shake his head, and, like, just shake it off, because between what just happened with John and just botching that, he's just like, the fuck? And so Umbra's gonna... Is, is Harl still on the ground?
0: Yeah, you're able to kick out, so he's still laying on the ground.
3: Okay, then in that case, I am gonna look at him on the ground, and then I am going to go to the top of the turnbuckle to jump off into a body splash.
0: So we gonna do a body splash from the turnbuckle, so... You know what? I'm gonna have you. Eh. You're trying to execute Moose. I'm gonna have you roll a work for this one.
3: Roll a work, alright. Ah! Dice fell. Jumanji. <laughs> Ow! And I just hit my headphones against the desk.
0: It's all falling apart.
3: It is all falling apart. I'm falling apart. That's a five. The dice gods are not with me tonight. I used all my luck on Furisato.
1: <laughs> and I used all my planning for that one scene. Uh.
3: Okay, so
0: I'm going to, here's what's happened. So you go for the frog splash. I mm-hmm. will say that it does connect, however there seems to be a miscommunication so you land on Harl's knees as he puts him up, and you're you're able to hit the frog splash, but You're going to be sore in the morning. And so as you're rolling around, you just struggle on over and you're able to grab Harl's leg and just one, two, three, ding, ding. The winner of this match is the Umbral Talon. However, as you look around the IAW audience, most of them were into this match, but you could see that there's also a small portion of the audience was not impressed with the finish of this match because it was beat- a little bit. So that will come yeah. into play later.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: no. I understand. So as you get up onto your feet, you feel the familiar. You feel the familiar sensation of metal hitting flesh skin. Fucker.
1: So you feel. Th- I would, m- <laughs> I know I don't have any more momentum. I know this Uh as a manager. If I take three injuries, I'm not out of this. I would like to stop this with taking the final injury, meaning I can't do anything during the second part of this show. I'm just feel stuck in the medical room. I know this. But I want to take the risk.
0: Okay, so here here. Let me get this out. So you get hit. Well, okay. so let's retcon this. So I will say it happens. So. I will say, Umbra, you hear and you feel like, you know how when you swing a bat, there's that gust of wind that kind of happens when you're swinging it like with full force. So you feel it. But as you're anticipating the bat to hit you, you do hear a thang from the metal bat. And as you turn around, manager J- John just. Taking the brunt of the bat. We won't say a headshot because concussions aren't funny, even in fiction. But he. Uh, got-
2: Mr. D, uh, Mr. Game Master, sir, I'd like to spend a momentum to interrupt.
5: Oh, shit. <laughs> <sure. Okay.
0: laughs> That's right. Club. We room.
2: take care of our own. Okay, you know
0: what? Before I go further with that, Axel, like, narrate your interruption.
2: Let's go, Dirk. Let's turn back on. Who's in the ring? Who's, who's sitting in the. So,
0: for. In the brief momentary, as. Umbra, you look around, you left the bat with Kid Cuts, but you just see in the corner where Kid Cuts was standing, you see him being mobbed by a whole bunch of Bayou Brotherhood, like, cult leaders, like, cult followers in their rubs. He's, like, just fighting them off. And behind you, you see the other half of the Bayou Brotherhood, Ava, kind of trying to attempt with the bat. She is currently now standing face to face with Axel.
4: (laughs) Yes, Macho Mage. Um, Mr. Storyteller, sir. Yes, I would like to spend a momentum.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will say at this point, so Blitzen has just mauled Ava as her in the position. So like getting ready to do his finisher, but then narrate your interruption.
4: (laughs) So rising like the great pumpkin from the audience, (laughs) the macho mage with his hands held wide, his robe, his magic robe, his spell hat. And he's about maybe two, two to three rows away from the fence where the lumping is taking place. Macho Mage slowly rises from the audience. And he just, as if he's not even walking, he just glides up to the fence. And then from under his his robe... He pulls out these spell packets and he starts tossing them at the Bayou Brotherhood, but they're all full of chili pepper. It's just like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And each time he throws a spell packet, he's just gonna be like... <laughs> this is <laughs> so great.
1: The, the interrupt after interrupt.
0: Yeah, so... I would just say simultaneously, like, that's going off, and then Axel, go ahead and narrate your finisher. So,
2: I, I put it through... I into the spine buck and I drag her out of the ring, and then I go underneath the ring, and I pull on a very familiar sack, and I start to put Ava in the sack. He's not here, but I gotta make sure the sack is somehow here, and
0: I'm gonna start <laughs> dragging
2: her away in the sack.
0: Oh jeez, just full-on chaos.
1: I approve. Drunk the kick what says, oh, that's not working now.
0: And with that, the credits begin to roll on a chaotic ending to the I, to another episode of IAW Wrestling. It Jesus. just keeps
3: going. It just doesn't stop. Like, like it's it just a re- like chaotic rumble. It reminds
0: me of like when the Nexus debuted in WWE, like towards the end of the show. Like they extended it like good 10-15 minutes as they were just like trashing everybody like the uh, ring. It was graphic. It was great. But that will conclude this episode of Friday Night Fights. So when we come back next week, when we come back next episode, what is going to be the fallout? It looks like we might have a little bit of faction on faction warfare. So I am so excited. I cannot wait. You're just going to have to come back next time to see what transpires as always thank you so much for listening to friday night fights we thank you for joining us and as always from us to you the listening audience here at the dnd vibe tribe remember take care of each other love one another and as always let the good times roll until next time see you later